This is Mindy from Nashville, and I think my question uh, revolves around relationships and dating. You know, some of the biggest um, heartbreaks and trials and tribulations, marriage, divorce that I've gone through in my life have also been some of the catalysts for the biggest change in my life as a person. But I find myself on the other side of it all, either wanting to give up and not date at all (laughs) and just think, you know, I'm done with it. I either, I fall into the trap of thinking, oh, I've had my chance or I had my shot and it just didn't work out versus being hopeful and interested and wanting to meet somebody, wanting to meet my, my perfect ideal mate that is out there somewhere. But then again, not wanting to go through the hassle and the drain and the toil and the time of, and the, you know, it's just not fun dating. (laughs) So I think my question is what advice do you have on that front? How can I, um, what, what do I do? Do I just, do I just wait for the universe to drop, uh, Mr. Perfect on my lap by asking for what I want? Or, uh, do I have to get out there and slog through the dating apps? It's just not fun. So would love to hear what you have to say and appreciate you guys so much and all the love and light that you guys give out. So thank you. We share our stories to feel less alone. And people dare to share their stories with us. Don't talk about it. Shh. I hope nobody finds out. I am so weird. I can't believe I just did that. You're not weird. And you're not bad. You're human. Welcome Welcome to to Striptease. Wow, so I definitely hear that, you know, she would like to have this beautiful relationship but of course there's that fear there right she she feels and and maybe you don't but the way that I'm interpreting this is that she feels like she's failed in so many other areas and other relationships basically what's interesting is I find a lot of women go into the dating in terms of let me just date this guy and this guy and this guy and figure out what I like about him or what I don't like and then I'll go on to the next so basically They're pulling from a pool of a million billion guys as opposed to being really clear on what it is they want in the relationship to begin with and just searching those men out. So what I mean by that is writing down a list of I want somebody who is loving, caring, would would love to rub my feet, who is, you know, five foot seven or taller than me, whatever it might be, dark hair. Be really precise about who they are as a person. Um, what they look like. Don't be stuck on it, but if that person in front of you is 90% of those things, 85% of those things, go for that. It's a lot easier to be concise with who it is you want to be with than getting into these dating scenarios where you're figuring out what you don't like about him. So instead of going after a million guys, you're going after three that fit your profile. Be selective. And also your exes can tell you a lot about where you were at the time and yourself, every single one of them was a mirror. I know that all of my exes were a mirror of mine and what I thought about myself at the time. I can look at their personality, all the things that I didn't like about them, and I saw how I was unwilling to be those things too. For example, right, intimacy. 
I did not want to be intimate with people at all. And I don't mean just sexually. I didn't want you to look inside me at all. I thought I was flawed and that you would stop loving me and all of these different things. But what happened was I would attract people that were unable to be intimate. And then I would say, well, what's wrong? How come they're not being intimate with me? Because I was unable or unwilling, I was unwilling to go there. And so that's what I attracted. So take a look at your exes and take stock at what it was in that relationship that wasn't working for you and say, okay, how did I create that situation? How, what was my responsibility for that happening? So that you don't bring that into the next relationship. If you don't want to be in a relationship right now, that's absolutely fine. And yes, the universe will drop that person in your lap. It's like stepping in dog shit, literally. It's like stepping in dog shit. So allow it to happen and be open to it. But as soon as you have that fear factor going and all of those other pieces of, you know, I don't know if it's not being loved or whatever it might be, you're also bringing that into the relationship. So just be aware of that. So welcome to Stepping in Dog Shit, How to Find True Love. Yes. Uh, the new podcast <laughs> spinoff from Stripped. <laughs> <laughs> when I step into shit, I know I found love. Um, so Mindy Darling, of course, um, you know, first of all, the most important thing is the way in which you speak about going onto the apps and stuff. You've got to find a way to let some of that stuff go because you're saying slog through, get through, muddle through. So when you're going to come onto it from that emotional perspective, you're going to be in a place where, and we all know this, but they're going to feel the way you feel and, and you're going to pull in the kind of guy that you don't want. So be very clear that the reason why for most people apps and, and dating meetings and things don't work is they go in there from a, a place where they don't really know who they are. They don't really have their sense of their worth, that they're a catch. So it's a two-pronged approach, obviously, to find somebody who is already there. First of all, you have to accept that they are there. They're waiting for you because there's a reason millions of us are single and looking for our mate. So first, work on your perspective of yourself and, and start to do what Jen had said. Uh, number one, Make a list of the attributes about you that make you a catch, that you know ma- that make you a catch, that make you a wonderful mate, that make you a great mate. So list all the things about yourself that you know make you the, like the perfect person to date. Then do make a list and, and start to write out – this was given to me by Jen Sincero years ago, a coach I worked with who wrote How to Be a Badass. Um, and I think you probably heard of her. Most people have. Write out a perfect day in the life of you going on a date with a perfect date. Write how it starts, write how it goes, and write how it ends. And then write how he looks. Write what he's like with you at dinner. Write what he's like at the end of the date. Write what he's like if you guys make out. Write it in great detail and write a perfect day in the life. And then be as specific as you can and do like Jen had said. Let go of needing all those details to manifest. But what's going to happen is the excitement you'll feel as you write a perfect day in the life of a date will get you so excited for it coming up. You'll actually start to feel that this is a real thing and it'll get you more excited for this. And then every single day, and this is what I say to people all the time, when you wake up after meditation or after your morning, whatever, read that perfect day in the life. Keep it active in your mind. Keep it active in your life. Keep it very, very active because what will happen, it will be so active that it'll be so clear to you that when you step out of your house in the morning to go to work or you get on the train or in your car or whatever, you're, you're going to be very present for that and you're going to have this surprisingly, even though you may be a little pessimistic right now and you are a bit about dating, 
you're going to have this expectancy and you're going to know he's there and you're just you're going to be more attuned to it because I can guarantee you something. One thing I've learned in these years of working with people, it's there. He's right there, but you can't see him unless you're in the emotional place where you can see him. So he's often somebody that, <laughs> that you see a lot, that you see every day, but you've got to be the one to, to notice him. And so just remember it's about that emotional attunement. Know what you have to offer. Know what you want. Be clear about it. Write a perfect day in the life. And then every single day, do the work to read that thing, to get excited, to be expectant, and and to keep your plates emotionally in that higher vibing sort of expectancy receiving thing. And it'll be more prevalent to you and you'll you'll feel sexier. You'll feel more open. You'll feel more excited. And then going back to the pessimistic energy, I mean – if you're looking for somebody who is a happy, go lucky, loving man, and you're showing up at a bar going, "Oh my God, I can't believe I'm in the middle of doing this," and you're closed off and you're keeping yourself very tight, it's going to be very hard for that happy, go lucky man to to walk up to you and say, "Hey, you know what? You're pretty hot, and look at that smile on your face," because you're not going to have one. Right. So, and and it's going back to if you are looking for a certain type of relationship. After you write down the list of all those attributes of your perfect partner, just make sure that you are those things also, because like will attract like from across the room. And you know they're not going to know your personality from across the room. But if you have a smile on your face and you're happy with your life, more often than not, they're going to walk up to you and say, "Hey, I want some of what you've got, and you look like you're a lot of fun to be around." So just make sure that you are those things that you're asking for from another partner. And that's why I brought up the intimacy piece because I was not attracting that because that was not something I was willing to give up. And so, yep. Like attracts like. Well, I, was, I used to go to I used to go to dating groups because I'm I'm dating right now and I'm looking for for my husband. And um, I used to go in there like a, like a, I used to say that I sounded like Eeyore. I was like, I guess I'll find a man. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm really happy to be at this mixer. How are you? No, I'm really happy. You want to go out? It was like the Eeyore world of dating, and I was like, you kind of need to give Eeyore a rest. So when Eeyore was, like, put in the other room, then things started to shift a bit, and I started to date more, but I was being Eeyore. So you got to watch out for Eeyore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it'll come. Yeah, but it's like what we said before, which is something we're going to talk about in the future. The um, Impatience. The I am-ness, the creation, that stuff that we touched on earlier mm-hmm. uh, in, in a previous show – uh, that matters here, Mindy. So um, you need to start to move towards the knowing that he is already there and has been given to you and that your job is to just see him. Start to move towards that understanding. Absolutely. I, I really believe she's exactly where she needs to be right now. Yeah, and I hear the desire mm-hmm. for it. <laughs> I, I can feel that she really Which is great because this, so, this is pushing great. her up yeah. against the wall to really take a look at yeah. different things. Yeah. And so this is the yeah. perfect place for her to be right now. You're actually inching closer to that dream partner than you think, even mm. though you're in the state that you're in. You're being so pushed against the wall, Mindy, that you you are being forced to take a look at these things. And with that change, like you said earlier, they have been the greatest catalyst of change. This is yet another catalyst for change, yet you're not in a relationship this time, except for with yourself. So that's really what you're being pushed up against the wall with. And so congratulations. I know that sounds really odd, but congratulations because this is an opportunity. Yeah, and just make sure you don't open up your phone and go, I guess I'll go on to hand. <laughs> <laughs> 
guess I'll take a look at uh, who's single. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Her marriage and divorce was weirdly some of the most positive stuff for her. So yeah, which is why I brought up now she's going through it again. But it's almost as if because the relationship she's having with herself right now is the one that is creating the catalyst for change. So it's now no longer based on other people and other relationships. Now she's being pushed up to really take a look at the relationship with herself. And I, I I used to hate it. When I was single, I used to hate it when people would say that to me. Like, oh, no, you need to look at yourself first. And then you go out there and whatever. Shut the fuck up is what I would say in my head. But really, it's it's not that cataclysmic to take a look at yourself. Really, you've got a history of it. You can take a look at your history. You can take a look at how you are getting the things that you want or you don't. And it's, um, this isn't, like I said, this is a great opportunity for her. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. And I think that, um, again, it's it's so funny because she's got to find a way, and this is always the work, is to to take a look at this anew. Find a way to look at this anew. Because there's, I hear I hear her dragging in all the past stuff that she's gone through and dragging all the dates she's gone through, dragging the past relationship she's gone through. And try to think of it instead, like, what is this new guy? What is the new relationship? What is the new thing that is part of the new life that she's creating that he's part of? So that means try to free up any sort of concept about where he's going to be and just say say he could be anywhere at any point in any way. So it kind of opens up the perspective to see him. Yeah, you know, and so. one day, I promise, because my fiancé and I actually had this conversation several times over the last four and a half years we've been together, I say, thank God I went through every single one of those shitty relationships and everything in my life because I, it brought me to you. And at some point, if you could imagine having that conversation when you lay down at night and put your head on your pillow and say, this is the conversation I'm going to have with somebody in the near future and live in the space that you already have it, watch the smile that creeps up across your face. It's going to be pretty amazing. But I promise you, one of, the, one of these days, that conversation will happen. And do the things that make you feel the romance. Do the things that make you feel the love and the excitement. Like for me, I'm always bursting in a song everywhere I go. So if you have a song or, or a, a thought, you know, or, or, or something that makes you get excited for like, you know, because the feeling of love, the feeling of gooey, ooey, mooey, louie, louie, louie love is so gooey and fun. Just whatever helps you get to that place where you feel that unconditional sense of love puts you into a place where you, you, you radiate that. So someone around you can sense that, can feel that. And, and you want to you wanna find that unconditional sense of gorgeous love before he appears in front of you, right? Because then he's going to sense that and he's already in that place as well. So do the gooey, ooey things, you know, find the things that make you feel good, watch the movies, listen to the music, do the things that bring you to that gorgeous state of feeling sexy and in love and happy. Because like I said, I, you know, right now I burst into song everywhere looking for my man, you know, oh my so man, So that's like your so. mating call? <laughs> Y'all burst into an old Barbara Streisand song hoping if he knows this song. <laughs> you know, it's very funny. I never thought about a song about love in order to kind of emit it and also attract it. I usually tell women who a, a lot of times women will come to me and say, how, how can I have more confidence, right? I don't understand how I can get more confidence. And the very first thing I'll tell them <laughs> is find a strut song. 
Yeah, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. And a strut song is one that makes you feel powerful. Whoever that, that person is who's singing it, you can put that on at your lowest point, and you can stand up a little straighter and, like, I want you to strut when you walk down the street. I also I want you to walk to the beat of the song. And it changes just the music and the idea. It just changes the atmosphere around oh, yeah. them. Oh, yeah. I told somebody I was walking in my Paul Smith jacket and I was listening to this song that's the perfect cadence to walk with, right? And I just felt like I was endowed and hot and sexy. <laughs> and, you know, I was getting like my little cute sort of younger sort of bearded guys going, oh, how are you doing? And I said that to a client and she's like, well, I don't live in the city. What do I do? And I said, go to the mall. So she went to the mall, listened to a strut song. And I had to go. She's like... This guy checked me out in front of Lane Bryant. It was fabulous. And I was like, there you go, girl. Wait, what's your strut song? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't want to say. Oh, come on. Come on. Um, staying Alive. Nice. Because when you watch that movie and he's walking, it's the perfect song. That's why, that's why they shot that in Brooklyn. You see him walking. Because if you walk, dun 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 Dun, dun. It's perfect to walk in New York to. And if you're wearing a long jacket like I tend to do, you know, and you got these tails and you're walking the city, it's just the city kind of goes, opens up. And it's just like, you know, and, you know, I know how to fluff up the hair and put on the jacket and strut. And it works, you know, it, and it feels so New York to me. Like that movie to me, even though people make fun of it, it's, pretty, it's a pretty damn good movie. And if you watch it today, it's really not this fluffy, light little film you think it is. It's it's a really kind of a darker... I remember my mother took me to that movie when I was a kid. And she said to me, she's like, why do they have to swear so fucking much in that movie? Because <laughs> it's really filthy, that movie. And then they released a PG-rated version. I'll never forget that. The movie was a huge hit. But they were like... Everybody was complaining about the swearing in the movie. And then the soundtrack was everything in the 70s and then they released it again but a pg version so the pg version it's hard to find now but it actually exists where they dubbed every all the things you know it was very funny because it was a filthy filthy movie when it came out well and then it's easy to walk around miserable in new york with all the congestion so if you can find a way to strut your way through it (laughs) yes and you find that you find that the city welcomes you when you're in that place and you just the the street lamps change the Subway car doors open and people are so reactive in this town. Yeah, and tourists don't stop in front of you. It's great. Well, they're afraid of you. <laughs> they're like, oh, that's a New Yorker. Yeah, so they, yeah, they walk so away. My, I, I actually have two. I have Prince's Sexy Motherfucker yeah. and I have Joss Stone's Free Me. Oh, those yeah. Yeah. two, forget it. It yeah. depends on where I'm at, but I will put those on. If, if I'm coming off the train and I have high anxiety, I'll put on Sexy Motherfucker and I will strut my ass shakes side to side. It's taking up the entire sidewalk. That's right. It's just it takes is up the just, entire sidewalk. It does. Well, I say to people, music music is key. Like like I'm a music whore, but I listen to music constantly. But music when you're walking and like that, that's a perfect conduit for everything we talk about. Music is a short circuit to get you to that place you want to go to emotionally to get you where you want to go. I mean, music's everything. I, I think music's the answer to everything. I'm, I'm a huge music whore. Hey, so we know there was a lot of information in this last episode. So if you'd like to reach out to us, we're at stripthepodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail about what's going on in your life, 201-685-0828. Stripped is co-hosted by Jennifer Ho and Michael C. Bryan. It is co-created by Michael C. Bryan, Jennifer Ho, and Ian Hamilton. It is produced by Ian Hamilton and Mariana Trevino. It is recorded and edited by Rich Cerbini at Hangar Studios in New York City. 